What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. And guys, the uh, the season of love is upon us, but the season of savings never stops when you work with my friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier. I'm sure you've heard how great the mortgage rates are right now, and they are. But Mike and Virginia, they're not just your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, but what really makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner. He's going to look at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person, not a number. These are the people that you want to work with. These are the type of people you can trust. Whether you're looking at refinancing your current mortgage, maybe buying a new home, Mike and Virginia, they'll make the process as smooth and simple as possible. I'm telling you, they're the best around. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, though, you'll get set up with a free consultation and discuss all your options. Again, that's dnvrmortgage.com. Or you can always give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Visit dnvrmortgage.com or give him a call at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Cool, 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 cool. How's everybody doing? Um... Weird night for me. <laughs> this is uh, the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I uh, I was expecting to talk about the CSU game tonight. Was going to have a post game podcast. That obviously did not happen. Basically, as I was parking, the game ended up getting canceled, or I should say postponed at at the moment. We don't actually know if the game's going to get rescheduled or not. My gut says no, given that. You know, everything New Mexico's been through, you know, it wasn't that long ago where it seemed pretty likely they were not even going to finish the season. This whole situation was just so, so strange. The timing of it, obviously, was the weirdest part. I mean, I think that's probably the most frustrating thing. The only the only thing more annoying than a 9 p.m. tip is sitting around and waiting all day for a 9 p.m. tip only to then not have the basketball game even get played. That uh that's that's some serious blue balls for the lack of a of better term. I apologize if I offended anybody there. The funny thing was I had I had people, multiple people actually reach out to me and be like, you know, how confident are you that this New Mexico game is going to get played? You know, I pointed out that Nico Medved you know, address the fact that they had plane tickets bought the other day. Obviously, they came all the way out to Colorado, so it looked like it was going to get played. But I just said, I I honestly don't ever feel confident about any matchup until tip-off at this point. I was just trying not to jinx it. I still jinxed it. My God, man, what a, what a weird time. About 30 minutes before tip-off. I mean, the, the thing that's really strange about this is the game was ultimately canceled, postponed, however you want to phrase it, due to a presumed positive test on the New Mexico coaching staff. What's odd is he tested negative multiple times, as did everybody else on the roster. But according to what New Mexico's athletic director, Eddie Nunez, told the local report uh, reporters, uh, specifically Jeff Grammer, one of the best in the biz, 
is is that the individual that the coach came into contact with began to show signs. And because of that, even though the assistant had tested negative twice, he is now presumed positive. The health officials in Colorado then determined that the best route would to be just to cancel this game as well as Thursday night's game. Kind of frustrating. Um, I don't know. I guess if they're testing negative, the whole team tests negative, they already traveled to Colorado. I don't really get it, but ultimately, you know, as Ali Farouk Minash tweeted, sometimes the, the right move is, is the hard move. And ultimately, you know, you got to look out for player safety and all that. It was just a really, really weird situation how this thing played out. Um, I think that there's naturally some skepticism from a lot of the fans, just given, you know, the situation. CSU's 18-point favorites, you know, kind of looks like they're ducking them. Based on what I've been told, that is not the case. You know, they, they really were operating with safety in mind here. It's just frustrating. You know, it's frustrating for CSU to lose a pair of home games against a really winnable team. I mean, kind of the same deal with football. It's like, of course, the, the winnable games get canceled. That's that's how it always goes for CSU. That said, it, it just kind of seems like an instance of bad luck, you know? That's that's just how it goes sometimes. And now you just try and throw an audible and, and push forward and, and see see what you can do now. I I don't really expect these games to get rescheduled. There is that week in March where it's kind of that uh, buffer time zone for teams to make up games. We'll see. But like I said, it's been kind of a train wreck for New Mexico really the last couple of years. But this year in particular, their roster is just in total turmoil. They've had a bunch of dudes quit. Um, everyone's upset with Paul Ware. It's It's pretty crazy to see how far New Mexico has fallen. Just with that in mind, I, I'm, I'm not sure that the league will determine that it's worth it unless they can kind of make it work while they're still out here in Colorado. New Mexico is supposed to play their last six games out here. They still can't host games at the pit. Again, just the product of such a weird reality that we're in. One of the things that I've seen brought up on Twitter, I've had it sent to me in the DNVR Discord chat. If you are a DNVR subscriber, make sure you download Discord get in there in, in the exclusive Discord members only chat. It's really fun talking CSU, uh, really whatever you want to. You know, if you're a DNVR member, you can interact with any of the beats. But uh, one of the things that's been brought up is how does losing these games hurt CSU in terms of their chances of making the NCAA tournament? From a metrics perspective, I imagine it actually helps CSU. I mean, you pretty much would have had to absolutely slaughter New Mexico in, or, in order for it to, you know, really bump you up a lot. And if it was a close game, it could have actually hurt you. So from that standpoint, I think it probably helps you from a metric standpoint. I mean, you had very little to gain, quite a bit to lose. I guess that's that's how I would look at it from that perspective. The other, you know, looking at it from the flip side is obviously, well, it's just a chance for two easy wins. That factors into total wins. Is that going to hurt CSU with the selection committee? I've said all along, I don't understand how the committee could really look at total wins the same way that they do in a normal year, just given the absurdity of the scheduling and, and how crazy this has been for everyone around the country. I mean, just looking at CSU, they were supposed to play three Pac-12 games. How do you hold that against them? You know what I mean? They, they attempted to schedule up. 
They were supposed to play Richmond out of the A10. That didn't happen because of COVID. Like, I just, I, I don't know how you would fault them for something that's completely out of their control. That said, it is a subjective process, so you never know. I mean, you just, you never know. If a, if a mediocre team from a bigger conference ended up with a couple more wins than CSU, would it shock me if the committee held that against the Rams? No. Does that, does that make any sense? Would that be logical? Not at all. But like I said, it's, it's subjective and you never know. And we all know that the systems always tend to favor the Giants and not necessarily the little guys, even though it's, it's obviously much more even in college basketball. And these teams can genuinely compete, but it's just the politics of it. It, it always comes into play. So we will just have to see. More than anything, I think CSU is going to want to add a game or two if possible just because you don't want to be so rusty. I mean, you don't want to have to wait until February 20th to play and then go you know, face a really tough Nevada team on the road. That would just be a recipe for disaster. I mean, you, you just, you'd be too rusty. I mean, it's hard enough to go on the road and, and play a good team in conference play you know, at the end of the season anyways. To do so with, with that drastic of a break, it just... You know, like I said, it'd be a recipe for, for disaster. And so with that in mind, I do think that they will try and find a game. Now, the big question is who? And I think the fans would obviously love to see CSU really go big here. You know, maybe try and add a quad one game, you know, maybe a top 25 opponent if you could, just something sexy or whatever, you know, something that gets the juices flowing. I don't know. I... I don't think CSU would want to spend a lot of money. It's possible. I mean, maybe they have some funds saved from that West Coast trip they were supposed to make and ultimately didn't get to. Maybe you could allocate that somewhere else. I just know that, you know, in a pandemic year, given that they haven't had attendance, given that, you know, they're basically doing everything that they can just to survive. As of now, there's still the plan to be a Mountain West tournament, so you have to pay for that. You could potentially have to pay for postseason, you know, if you make the NCAA tournament or choose to participate in the NIT or the CBI or something like that. So with all of those those things in consideration, I'm just not sure CSU is going to go out on the road, play some crazy extravagant game. I could be wrong. You know, I, I definitely could be wrong. And, you know, one could also argue that it doesn't make any sense to cheap out here and then ultimately, you know, miss the tournament because of it. So it'll just be really interesting to see how CSU decides to play this. Um, I have some teams pulled up here that have openings between now and the 20th. Um, a couple of them were from Twitter. Aaron Harris, he pointed out Gonzaga. They don't, they don't play again until February 13th. You know, that seems kind of like a long shot to me to add a game that quickly. But it would obviously be exciting to see them play against one of the best teams in the country and you essentially have nothing to lose in that scenario. Same goes for for Creighton. They don't play again until February 13th. Um, I I just don't think you have enough time there. You could maybe try and play them on the 16th or something like that. Uh, BYU, though, they don't play until February 18th, and, and that would be really intriguing. Obviously, you've got the conference history there. The big question mark, I think, is would BYU be willing to come to Fort Collins both of these teams are kind of fringe tournament resumes at the moment. It would be a quad one game, so even if you lose it, it wouldn't really hurt either team. I just wonder if, you know, the egos kind of come into play there. There's a little bit of 
you know, we're BYU and we don't need the Mountain West. We're better off without you. You would like to think that something like that wouldn't come into play here, but you just never know, especially if it was like, no, you have to come here or you have to come here. The smartest thing to me seems to do a do a home and home, much like CSU did with St. Mary's. But uh, then again, you just never know. You, you just never know. I'll be honest, the, the thing about BYU that worries me a little bit, even though it is a quad one game, and from a metric standpoint, as long as you don't get blown out, it's it's not going to really hurt you, and it could really help you a lot in, in that area. The, the biggest knock against CSU is obviously their lack of non-conference games and you know they don't really have any strong wins outside the mountain west again i i don't think it's fair to hold that against them given the circumstances but you have an opportunity to add someone here maybe you should do so the thing that slightly worries me about byu though is it's deceptively a really tricky matchup they've got really great athletes uh gideon george one of the best stories in the entire country could have been at csu guys um that's a whole different dis- discussion, but anyways, I, I, I'm not sure that you would get the credit that you deserve if you win it, and if you do lose it, I could see a situation where people across the country are like, look, see, CSU played St. Mary's, and they played BYU, two good teams outside the Mountain West, and they lost both times. So it, it just kind of worries me, you know, as, as hard as that matchup is, is it really worth the, the risk I'm not sure. That's something you're going to have to calculate. Because like I said, from a metric standpoint, it obviously could do, do do wonders for you if you win. Utah Valley, they play on February 13th and 19th. Maybe you could get a game scheduled on the 16th. They've shown a willingness to travel. Uh, they played a lot of games this year, so I'm not sure they'd be willing to make the trip. But that's a program that CSU's played in the past. You have that established connection already. It may be CSU says, well, you know, agree to a home and home or we'll play you again next year or something like that. Uh, another school, and this is kind of a long shot, much like Gonzaga or Creighton or one of those, Richmond. CSU was originally supposed to play them in the A-10 challenge. They're a school who coming in, everyone, myself included, thought they were going to be really good. They've struggled a little bit at time. Kind of surprising given um, how many seniors they have on the roster, but they don't play again until February 17th. That would be another, you know, quality opponent that you could add and and fill in the mix. I will say though, <laughs> after after naming all of these teams, I think it'll probably be a local team and I'm going to go through those in just a second. Uh, but first, a quick word from our partner. UFC 257 surely gave the fans the show they were looking for and this weekend is sure to be just as action-packed. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 100-to-1 odds on your chosen fighter to step out of the octagon and raise that belt. All you gotta do is pick either fighter in the main event in this weekend's UFC 258 bout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100-to-1 odds. That's a $1 bet, and you can cash a cool $100 if your fighter wins. Talk about easy money. At the end of the day, there's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't worry, if MMA is not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, football, so much more. It's safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. I do this all the time. You know, if you've got a sure bet, great way to pay pay for date night. You got Valentine's Day coming up, guys. Gotta think smarter. 
Place those units responsibly. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 if your chosen fighter wins this weekend. Place your bet and watch the fist fly. It's going to be a blast. Again, that code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 on Saturday's main event for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As you may know, Infinity Park right here in Glendale, Colorado is known as Rugby Town USA. In fact, the facility was recently designated the Rugby Town National Training Center, which is home of the USA Eagles men's and women's rugby 15 teams. The training center is experimenting with a new concept, training crossover athletes to be rugby players. Guys like Jalen Robinson, who played in the AAF and XFL, son of Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Gerald McDowell, former defensive lineman at Ole Miss and the Calgary Stampeders of the CFL. They've got Sean Clark, who worked out with the Colts in 2020. Casey McDermott-Vai, who played both sides of the line, fullback and tight end for TCU. Norvell DJ Stewart, who played safety at the University of Rhode Island and later became a member of the USA bobsled team. Ed Paris, who played corner at LSU. These tremendous athletes have made the switch to be trained up at Infinity Park right here in Colorado and to become the next it factor in American rugby. What's even better, really good friend of mine, Colton Strickler, he's got you covered with all things rugby on the DNVR Rugby podcast. Hit that subscribe button. If you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an elite athlete, check out the opportunities at Infinity Park. Rugby, it may just be your next ride. Word, word, word. Uh, We're going to end today's edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage with just some more scheduling talk and... You know, I just went through some national teams that the Rams could potentially add to the slate. Talked about why some are realistic, why some aren't. I ultimately think for budgetary reasons, for travel reasons, for the sheer convenience of these schools being able to just shoot down the road, it it seems likely to me that CSU is probably just going to play a local team or two, potentially even Division II now. I understand that leaves a lot to be desired from an excitement standpoint, from a competitive balance standpoint. You know, some people are going to be like, what's the point of playing if, you know, you're not going to play a game that potentially can help your tournament resume. But, you know, like I said, you just, you don't want to go into that Nevada game cold. And because of that, I think you just got to add whoever you can add. If if that ends up being a great opponent and that works out, awesome. If not, take who you can get. The, the first one, and I'll start Division One. that's the University of Denver. Uh, CSU was looking at trying to play the Pios early the, earlier this year. It just didn't really work out. They're free between the 13th and 19th. You know, maybe they could squeeze a game in on the 16th. I, 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 I could see that work, you know, whether that's at, at Denver, you know, go on the road or, or play it in Fort Collins. Either way, that's fine. Nice and cheap trip. Division One game. You could always incentivize them by telling DU you'll play them in a future year. That's a great non-con opponent anyways. I'm always a fan of CSU. You know, I'd like to see them play a couple of like really good teams out of the West Coast Conference or something like that. Big East, A-10, whatever. A Power 5 team if you can get one. Other than that, you know, I, I like it when CSU plays local teams and they're non-con, especially if it's only like two or three of them. 
you know, play Greeley, play DU, play those types of schools. It's just fun. Uh, anyways, if you could add them, I think they would make a lot of sense just given the proximity and it could help you out with future scheduling anyways. On top of that, if you have to go D2, uh, Regis University, a, another local program right down the road, they could just shoot up I-25. You could play them on the 16th. They've got a game on the 13th, so if they're free, the 14th through the 19th. Same goes with Fort Lewis. I mean, they're both in the uh, the same conference, so that makes sense. Either one of those teams, you could play them on the 16th and just kind of add somebody so you're not going into that matchup with Nevada completely cold. Obviously, you're going to get some practice reps and all that, and and that'll help, but there's just no substitute for playing a real opponent. Ultimately, you know, I'll, I'll be really surprised if they're not able to add somebody. You know they're going to try. If they don't add somebody, it won't be for a, a lack of effort. It's just such a weird season. Everything about this season has been weird. You lose the Pac-12 games, the St. Mary's stuff, the COVID shutdown, obviously, just... It's all been wonky, and it's going to continue to be wonky. I tweeted that, personally, I think if you sweep Air Force and you sweep Nevada, regardless of of whether you played New Mexico and Northern Colorado or not, and this was actually before the, the UNM games got canceled, I said those those road wins over Nevada, I think, will ultimately get you in the tournament, assuming you also take care of business against Air Force. There's no guarantee. I mean, there never is. You just you got to do what you can do. At this point, CSU... They've, they've taken care of business. They have no losses outside of quad one. That is their greatest tournament strength. And because of that, that's another reason why I could see them maybe not wanting to play somebody like BYU or, I mean, they're not a good example because that's a quad one game, but just someone slightly tough. You know, I think you'd maybe go for a cupcake here, but it'll be interesting. It all just kind of depends on your perspective, how confident you are about the tournament selection process. To me, it feels like the Mountain West is getting a whole lot of respect, but uh, Nevada sweeping Boise State kind of flipped a few things upside down. I know Joe Lenardi recently did not have CSU in his latest projections. Uh, My good friend Kevin Sweeney, who I recently had the podcast on the podcast, I should say, uh, he had CSU as the first team left out in his recent projections. So if you're worried about stuff like that, maybe, maybe you do try and schedule up and and just try and get another quality win on your resume. I I don't envy the staff during such a difficult time. I mean, you've just got to consider so many different things here, budgetary things, health things. You know, do you want to travel? Do you want to risk getting exposed right before the end of the season? I mean, the the worst thing that would happen is if you got shut down right like going into the NCAA tournament assuming you do qualify and you have to go in cold, that would Oh, that'd be brutal. It's it's going to happen to someone. You know it's going to happen to someone. Just knock on wood, hopefully not the green and gold. Um, God, I hate that I even put that into the universe right now. I feel like it happens. Everyone's going to blame me. <laughs> oh, man. The, the the power of the jinx. You never, you never want to underestimate it. But it, it's going to be a weird situation. It's been a weird situation. I've never had an instance where I showed up to the stadium and only had the game canceled, but that is covering sports in a pandemic. It, it keeps you on your toes. So um, with that in mind, we're obviously, we're going to try and highlight the women's series against New Mexico a little bit more. Um, I actually intended to talk about that on this podcast. I ended up going a little bit longer on this stuff than I intended, so I guess I'll just save that for tomorrow. Have some football stuff to talk about. Recently, 
Uh, got to meet virtually, obviously, Alex Bailey, the new wide receiver coach at Colorado State, as well as John Budmeyer, the new offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. He came over from Wisconsin, just kind of talked a lot about, you know, why he came over, why it was a great opportunity stylistically, you know, how he really is in line with Adazio. And that's kind of something that he talked about a lot, Steve Adazio, I should say. And uh, he just really liked that he felt really philosophically aligned with these new hires. Reading between the lines, the offense is not changing, guys. The uh, the departure of Joey Lynch does not mean things are going to go back to the, you know, we're going to throw it 50 times a game. He did say they want to be better passing. They definitely want to be more uh, lethal vertically. They want to be better on third down, all that type of stuff. What that means, we'll have to see. Uh, it kind of seems like there's going to be an emphasis to try and get some of these other receivers involved that are not Dante Wright. Dante is obviously a stud, but that would, I mean, that would only open things up for him. Right now, he just commands so much attention because in, in the passing offense last year, it was either going to Trey or, you know, come back to Dante or like a little screen to Vivens. There, there just wasn't that much um, creativity, I would honestly say. It was just kind of a lot of the same. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes. I have plenty to talk about. Looking forward to it. Get your Get your loved one a DNVR Rams sticker pack or t-shirt for Valentine's Day. We finally have CSU stickers, guys. Go check that out. I'm really pumped about it. And uh, make sure you're keeping up with DNVR Madness. Yeah, the NFL draft coverage is going to ramp up. I talk about that stuff with our guy Andre Simone, Jake Schwanitz, Henry Chisholm. It's a blast. All right, I think that's everything I have to say. I think I've rambled on long enough. Hope everybody stay safe, stay warm. Much love. Peace. I only seem to write when the words, they don't come to me I'm staring at this page and I swear it stares back at me Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings It's been 35 and I ain't even wrote like half a thing Rhymes that make sense but more lines that didn't I was walking with my headphones, heavy bumping pivot Simplistic white pages, they dreaming we were famous They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas And features, those ain't favors, my mood rings an alligator Spit like Vader with the saber, steady kicking it like Prater Staring at white pages it's habitual behavior, check the flavor, that's some sage advice But confidence a great disguise, and certain lines are idolized Like yeah I'm fine and I don't mind, it's out of sight, it's out of mind And I've been dwelling on my past just to see what I can find Lost and found memories of places I designed And my imagination's different now, but I swear that